It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, friends? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast presented by Pepsi, made for football watching. Of course, this football season is a little bit different, but Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season, whether you're chilling at home or you know you're still able to get tickets to Bank of America Stadium but in those separate pods Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it and check out madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi what's going on friends Billy Rossetti with you here this crossover Thursday my favorite day of the week, and this week it's one of my boys at the network here, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. We got together and had some good conversation about the Panthers and the Saints. So excited for you guys to check that out. But a quick couple of notes. Um, first, I want to mention uh, the the COVID additions that the Panthers had this week that I actually forgot to mention yesterday, but we'll get into that real quick here. Uh, the Panthers actually added two more players to the COVID list on Wednesday, those being kicker Joey Sly and offensive tackle Trent Scott. So that makes four players now on the Panthers' uh, COVID list. Uh, of course, Michael Schofield was on the list as well as Tyler Larson. So um, an interesting kind of development especially at the uh the the kicking position the Panthers did bring in three uh three guys on kind of like uh emergency uh, their emergency kicking list I guess we'll say uh Joe Person mentioned that uh, they are also going through COVID training those were Casey Bednarski Austin Parker and Taylor Bertolette so this is kind of just their uh contingency plan at the kicker position, because of course uh, Joey Sly is the only kicker on the roster. Remember, they don't they didn't have Kyer Vedvik. He was released from the practice squad. So very possible that um, one of these three guys, you know, depending on how long uh, Joey Sly has to stay on this COVID list, and um, if he can't go on Sunday, and if some of these other guys can get activated for Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of days what this team does at the kicking position. And now you have three backup offensive linemen that are on the COVID list. Again, Tyler Larson, Michael Schofield, and now Trent Scott all on the reserve COVID list. But it did allow the Panthers to uh, bring it, bring up a couple players to uh, to the active roster because of these additions and Keith Kirkwood going back on IR. One player in particular that I'm excited to finally see on the active roster and excited to see him get a shot is fifth-round pick Kenny Robinson. Uh, Robinson, we know, uh, was we talked about him a lot during the draft process and after the draft. Uh, just an excellent ball you know, excellent ball skills, uh, great athlete. We know, of course, the issues that he had at West Virginia that caused him to get kicked out of West Virginia 
but he of course ultimately resurfaced in the XFL. Now he's going to get a shot because, um, you know, in all likelihood, uh, Sam Franklin might get a shot now at the strong safety position. Of course, with Jeremy Burris also now on injured reserve, so uh, a lot of youth now in that back end with with Chin and Franklin and Robinson and Hartsfield and Pride. A lot of rookies here, but you know what? For a team like the Panthers, who we knew were in a bit of rebuilding mode anyway, that's not necessarily uh, the worst thing in the world. I mean, look, I, I think they're already enjoying more success than we might have thought they would have had at this point in the season anyway, um, you know, before the season. You know, I don't think a lot of people really thought that this team would get to 3-3, three and three through six weeks of the season so and you're getting a lot of uh you're you're getting a lot of production from these young guys I mean I've said before I think Jeremy Chin is a defensive rookie of the year candidate I mean he has to be you know he's not only like leading the team you know leading the Panthers in tackles he's one of the league leaders in tackles so he absolutely has to be a candidate for rookie of the year. So it's great to see production out of him. Uh, Troy Pride has played some good snaps so far. Um, and guys like Sam Franklin and Miles Hartsfield have uh, contributed on special teams. But now, like I said, we, we might see Sam Franklin get more playing time on defense with the injury to Justin Burris. So I'm really excited to see what happens there. Um, the other bit of big news from what, or I shouldn't say big news, but, you know, Notable news uh, from Wednesday is that Curtis Samuel continues to be day-to-day with that knee injury that caused him to be inactive Sunday against the Bears. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, as were a couple other players uh, during Wednesday's practice. Uh, Dante Jackson uh, with that toe injury. Zach Kerr has a toe injury. And John Miller has an ankle injury. They were all... Uh, they were all limited participants in uh, Wednesday's practice. The full injury report, there was actually... So those were the four players that were limited, and then three players were listed as full participants. Eli Apple with that hamstring injury, Trenton Cannon with the neck injury, and Mike Davis with an ankle injury. As for the Saints, and we talked about this a little bit on the crossover, you know, uh, some extra info from... My boy Ross, but four players did not practice on Wednesday for the Saints, and two of which uh, made up their starting, their current starting offensive lineman. One of them is their big left tackle, Teron Armstead, with that hand injury. The other is Nick Easton, who's been getting playing time at right guard. He's dealing with a concussion. And then uh, Benny Fowler has a shoulder injury. And then. JT Gray, their defensive back, has a hamstring injury, did not practice. Two players were limited on Wednesday, one of which, of course, is Michael Thomas. So he's back on the injury watch. You know, now he's added a hamstring injury to the ankle sprain that he was already dealing with. So uh, he's under the microscope again as far as you know, how effective is he going to be? Is he going to be able to go on Sunday? We'll see how the rest of the week goes. Uh, the other player that was limited with a hamstring injury for the Saints was defensive back Justin Hardy. And then they had one player listed as a full participant, and that is cornerback Janoris Jenkins, 
with a shoulder injury. So that's the Wednesday injury report. We'll see how the rest of the week goes, again, particularly for guys like Curtis Samuel for the Panthers and, of course, Michael Thomas and Armstead and Easton for the Saints. And we talked about Easton a bit. If he can't go, you're going to go back to their first-round pick from this year, uh, Cesar Ruiz. So we'll see what happens as uh, the days go by. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But I think it's about time to start talking to my boy, Ross Jackson. But before we get into that, a quick shout out to our great sponsors over at rockauto.com, which offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. And rockauto.com, they're a family business and they're for everybody and you don't even have to get a membership you don't even need an account login you can just go in find everything you need all the different auto parts that are available to you different brands different makes different models whatever the case may be rock auto has it and their prices are always the reliably low and always the same whether they're whether you're a professional or whether you're a do-it-yourselfer rock auto will take care of you uh they're catalog is very easy to navigate you can again see just about anything you want customize it however you want so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and of course remember to write the words locked on in there how did you hear about us?" section so that they know that we send you so that we all support each other amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com and so without further ado, I think it's time to chat with my boy, Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. So it was a good conversation. Excited for you guys to hear it. And let's get at it. All right, y'all. It is Thursday, so I can mean only one thing. It is crossover Thursday time here across the Locked on Podcast Network. You know how we roll. It's the local experts on the biggest stories. And the biggest story this week is the New Orleans Saints. Taking on the Carolina Panthers, going to be hosting them to the tune of 3,000 people in the stadium. And to help us break that all down, you've got myself, Ross Jackson, with Locked On Saints and Bill Rossetti at Bill underscore Rossetti on Twitter from Locked On Panthers. Bill, good to talk to you, buddy. Always a pleasure. How are you, man? Same same to you, Ross. Always good to talk to you, man. You're one of my boys here at the network. Hey, straight back to you, man. Straight back to you. Always a pleasure to do it. And now you've got one of my boys, Bill. You got one of my boys on that team, Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback now of the Carolina Panthers, dare I say it, has been much better than people maybe expected him to be in this role. How's he looking so far? Yeah, you know, it was a it was a strong first few weeks. He obviously slipped up a little bit, you know, not all his fault, but the offense kind of in a way came back down to earth, I guess, a little bit. I don't even know if I want to go that far, but I, I guess we can kind of use that term uh, in Sunday's loss against the Bears. But um, 
you know, threw a couple of interceptions, even had a pick six that was called back uh, due to a penalty, was sacked four times. So overall, it was a just a down day for the Panthers offense on Sunday. But, you know, the first five games before that, Bridgewater, I, I kept saying, has been doing a nice job of taking care of the football. He had only thrown, you know, a few interceptions. They've mm-hmm. hardly turned the ball over. Teddy, I think, has been more than just a, a game manager. You know, we obviously saw what he did last year. You know, with you guys with the Saints, those five games that he covered Drew Brees. And I think he's kind of carried that over to the Panthers this year. And, you know, the Panthers obviously went out and they got all these free agent wide receivers to help them get kind of comfortable in the offense and give them some weapons to throw to. We obviously know the connection that was there with Joe Brady, you know, in New Orleans and that whole thing. So overall, I think it's been a, a fine start to the season and, you know, certainly more than I think we, uh, could have expected for the first six weeks, especially with all these new faces coming together and the new offense and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, of course the whole not having as much practice as you normally have. Da, 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 da. So overall, I, I think you have to be quite pleased. I mean, I don't think a lot, a lot of people expected three and three uh, through the first six weeks for this team. So I, I'm i uh, I'd say Panthers fans have to be pretty pleased so far with uh, what's, what's been going on so far. Yeah, I have to imagine that there's maybe some sort of a, a rejuvenated hope amongst Panthers fans, even if not mm-hmm. for this season, even just looking ahead to what they have here, because you've got, you know, Teddy Bridgewater there on a three-year deal. You've got Matt Rule there leading the charge. You've got Joe Brady, who you mentioned as well, over on the offensive side. Let's stick over in the offensive side of the ball. This is a team that has found a way to win, even without Christian McCaffrey. The, the expectation is that Christian McCaffrey will not be available for the Saints game, how have they been able to remain successful on the offensive side without him as a part of their uh, their attack there? Yeah, I mean, you obviously have to give a lot of credit to Mike Davis. He's uh, really kind of given that veteran leadership. He's run pretty well. And, you know, it's really been nice to see the way they've utilized him out of the backfield in the pass catching game. I mean, you know, going into Sunday's game against the Bears, the guy had an already almost 30 catches uh, since he took over in the fourth quarter of week two. And I mean, he had eight catches in that Bucks game and he didn't even come in really until the fourth quarter. And the Panthers, you know, have just, you know, done a nice job of getting him, you know, getting him involved in the, out of the backfield, similar to Christian McCaffrey, you know, so the offense really hasn't skipped a beat. Um, but the offensive line, I think, you know, has really stepped up over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, again, Sunday was a bit of a rough stretch, but, you know, the Bears sport a, a really strong defensive line, as you know. But, you know, guys like Chris Reed have really stepped up and taken over that left guard spot. Obviously, Russell Okung has been uh, really strong at left tackle when he's been available. You know, Greg Little in the, uh, the spot starts that he had, uh, against the Chargers and the Cardinals kind of held his own and, you know, showed that there's still some developing to do, but he's moving in the right direction, um, you know, from where he was as a rookie when all those injuries and those concussions kind of derailed him a little bit. So that's, the, that's I think, the spot that's been most impressive to me and one of the biggest reasons why they've been so successful is the offensive line has kind of gelled together. I mean, even John Miller, you know, a guy that's bounced around the league the last couple of years, uh, you know, coming over this year as a free agent from the Bengals, he's been pretty solid as well at the right tackle or at the right guard position, excuse me. And then Taylor Moten at right tackle is just uh, continuing to be dominant. It still baffles me why they haven't given him a new contract yet, but you know, there'll still be time after the season. So 
you know, we'll see what happens. And then I go back to what I said earlier about Teddy just taking care of the football for the most part. And the offense, I think, has just done a, a really nice job of, you know, getting matchups and spreading the field, things like that, and just getting the ball into the hands of their playmakers. Robbie Anderson has been an incredible free agent pickup so far, really has, you know, battled DJ Moore for that number one role. So that's been really fun to see. So, uh, yeah, the, the offense has been fun to watch so far this season, and you're right, it's definitely given a, uh, a lot more hope for Panthers fans than what they expected going into the season. Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. The New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. They played very well on the offensive line and in the trenches, despite having to shuffle some positions and some players around. Nick Easton right now dealing with a concussion. He did not practice on Wednesday. Teron Armstead also missed a little bit of time here. So, you know, Saints offensive line might be a little bit in question coming into the Sunday game. However, Carolina Panthers, not a lot of sacks on the season, but they are getting pressure. What is sort of the strength that if you could if you could sort of talk about the strength of the defense here for Carolina, which of those levels would you point out? Defensive line, second level at the linebackers, the secondary? You know, it's or a, <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a tough call. But, you know, the, the one level that I look at as the uh, the, pl- the pleasant surprise for this season has actually been the secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a group that we had some concerns with going into the season, you know, really over the last couple of years, but especially coming into this season, you know, who's going to be the cornerback opposite Dante Jackson? Is it going to be a guy that you know pretty well, Eli Apple? Was it going to be Troy Pride? What was it going to be? Well, here it turns out it's a guy that wasn't even on the roster until a week before the season starts because they claimed him off waivers from the Eagles, and that's Rasul Douglas, who has really started to kind of show the potential that Eagles fans kind of hoped they were going to get from him in Philadelphia and it did not happen. And that's why he became one of the final cuts along with uh, Sidney Jones. Panthers claim him and immediately he has to see significant snaps because Dante Jackson goes down with an injury week one against the Raiders. Eli Apple, of course, was put on injured reserve before the season started. So you're talking Russell Douglas and Troy pride now playing significant snaps in week one. And from that point forward, Rasul Douglas has played pretty much every snap on defense, even with Dante Jackson coming back from injury, even with Eli Apple coming off injured reserve. Rasul Douglas has been an incredible addition to this Panthers defense. And then the safeties, you know, Trey Boston and Justin Burris, you know, before Justin Burris went down on Sunday, and he's now on IR, but those two were providing uh, another tremendous grouping or uh, tremendous pairing justin burris is one of those guys that kind of flies around the field you know showed his versatility in cleveland was showing that again here and then i mean you know the rookie jeremy chin right jeremy Mm -hmm. chin is just an incredible uh athlete flies around the field you know he's that hybrid type player right he's the you know he's kind of listed as the sam but he's more almost like a third safety you know sort of that uh Teron Matthew type mold, I guess we could say, or almost like what uh, Bucks and Cardinals fans were hoping Deion Buchanan should have been, but never right. really was. So those to me have been kind of the, the the big guys. You know, I like how the defensive line has been playing. They've been you know getting some pressures, as you said, just haven't really been finishing on the quarterback. Kwan um, Short, of course, now being done for the season, that 
that really stings. That, that always sucks. This is two years in a row now for him. But Derek Brown has been flashing a little bit. Yitor Grossmados has been flashing a bit. And Brian Burns just uh, just continues to be a stud. But like I said, I really love the way this secondary has been playing. It's been, you know, quite the pleasant surprise for this defense so far. I love that. And you actually hit the other question I was going to ask you, which was just about that defensive line. So why don't we switch it up here? Bill's going to have some questions for me about the New Orleans Saints ahead of this game. Once again, as they locked on crossover Thursday, locked on Saints, locked on Panthers. Very glad to be able to bring it to you. And uh, in just a moment, Bill's going to have some questions for me looking over at the New Orleans Saints for this matchup. Before we get to that, I want to let you know, yes, this football season will be different, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. And I'm certainly watching a lot differently than you know I think that we all are at this point. However, some Saints fans will get the opportunity to watch the way that they're most comfortable, which is in the Dome, 3,000 fans heading to the Mercedes Superdome for this game. So be loud, make some noise and help shift that momentum. Pepsi is going to be the refreshment, though, whether you're at the game or at home, that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. We are back at you guys, Billy Orsetti, Ross Jackson, crossover Thursday, continue, we're flipping the script, now we're going to talk some Saints, really excited to talk to this, because like I said, always always a pleasure to talk to Ross, so excited to dig into his brain here on the Saints, mm-hmm. Ross. Um, I think the first thing I want to touch on with you, Ross, is um, obviously the, the Saints offense has kind of broken through a little bit over the last couple of weeks, they had a sluggish start, have become more explosive over the last couple of weeks. And we finally saw that big game that we were kind of hoping for since week one, really out of Emmanuel Sanders, you know, what was kind of the issue if there was any on why it kind of took Sanders a little bit to, to get going here. And, you know, what, what worked against the chargers that he ended up having that big game? Yeah, it's a good question. I think for the most part, I think for the most part, it is comfort, Right. Uh, a new receiver for Drew Brees to target. And I think it got compounded that lack of comfort because Michael Thomas got injured after the first game of the season. And so all of a sudden you've got Traquan Smith running routes from places that he doesn't usually run routes from. Emmanuel Sanders having to fill roles that he wasn't intending to fill and he wasn't being worked in to fill during the preseason. And so I think that all of that, or, or lack of preseason rather, so I think that all of that sort of factored into issues in spacing, issues in communication, issues in timing, issues in understanding in terms of Drew Brees is going to have a very specific expectation of where a player is going to be right at any given time. And that's what timing has become so important. He's so used to working with a guy like Michael Thomas, where he knows, all right, I'm watching for those shoulders to dip or for the hips to dip, or I'm waiting for him to come out the break on his route. I know his characteristics, all, all of those things. He didn't know any of that with Emmanuel Sanders to start off the season. And then, as I mentioned, it got compounded when things started to move around on the offense because they had to figure out ways to produce and work opposite, I'm sorry, without Michael Thomas. Now, ideally for the Saints, Michael Thomas, who actually added a hamstring injury in the injury report this week. So he was limited today coming back to practice or limited on Wednesday coming back to practice. And so I think that that's something to keep an eye out on. But if you can get both of these guys out on the field at the same time, you might see Drew Brees be a little bit more comfortable with the idea of the chemistry that he's already built with Michael Thomas over the past few years but also the chemistry that we've seen start to land when it comes to Emmanuel Sanders, as Emmanuel Sanders has been able to produce more and more each game. His production has ticked upwards 
and in the right direction each of these games over the season. And now they've had a bye week and then some to get ready. Usually this team is very prepared coming out of the bye week last year, excluded with the kind of humiliating loss to the Atlanta Falcons uh, at home. And so hopefully they they don't repeat that history thanks to uh, these guys having sort of their communication and everything ready to go. It's where they'll be able to work off of one another and benefit one another as opposed to conflict one another. And kind of on that same note, um, you know, Sanders obviously was the the big addition there and kind of the receiver we expected to take a big jump. But uh, we've also f- still seen some flashes, but not a lot of consistency with Traquan Smith. And, you know, I've been wanting to, you know, we're, we're waiting to see when it's going to come. You know, what's going on with Traquan Smith? Is there still something there? You know, what, what kind of potential c- can we still see out of him? Yeah, he's somebody that really gave a lot of excitement at the beginning of this season, particularly after, you know, with Michael Thomas missing his first game week two, you saw him put up 86 yards, followed up with a 42-yard performance, and then he came back against Detroit with a 54-yard performance and two touchdowns, and all of a sudden you got two catches and eight yards out of him against Los Angeles Chargers. So we're right back in the rotation that we've seen with Traquan Smith in the past and so far throughout his career in 2018, 19, and now in 20 to where we're starting to see a little bit of the inconsistencies. However, he's caught 16 passes this year for 194 yards. Last year, he only caught 18 passes all season for 234. So you're still seeing a better piece of production out of him and a greater rate of production out of him so far this year, catching 76.2% of his passes. So I think he's still going to become a part of this game plan as the third wide receiver, even when Michael Thomas returns, but you're going to want to see him get back to where he was weeks two, three, and four to where he was averaging just a little bit over what, about 50 yards, 60 yards per game. So I think you want to keep him around that area to where he continues to produce for you. It's going to be really interesting to see because the Saints also went run heavy, both against the Detroit Lions and starting off against the Los Angeles Chargers. And so they had to dig themselves out of holes there. But that might still be a bit of the attitude for the Saints to where they're willing to really lean into the run game. And so that might cost some of the production in the receiving game for a guy like Traquan, who would be third down the list, potentially even fourth down the list if you consider Jerry Cook another option on top of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Um, you mentioned earlier about the the Saints offensive line, and I agree it's a, a really good one. Um, I'm curious what we've seen so far, if any, out of, because I know you mentioned about uh, Nick Easton there, but Cesar Ruiz, you know, what's the story with him? Uh, how has he looked if, he, if he's gotten any, or with, you know, the playing time he's gotten? Um and really kind of this whole, because, I mean, Eric McCoy, one of my favorite, he was a big man crush of mine in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. So I thought the Saints picked up a really great one. You know, that was a really great value. And Cesar Ruiz, you know, the question, and I think we talked about this earlier, what they could have done with those two guys. So what's been what's been going on with the middle of that offensive line so far? Yeah, so, so far you've seen really good production out of Nick Easton, Andrus Pete, and, uh, and Eric McCoy. And now, Saints fans, you can hear the collective screams right now of the fact that I said that you've seen a good game. Uh, You've seen a good season out of Andrus Pete. But Andrus Pete right now is number six in the (laughs) NFL with a 95% pass block win rate, according to ESPN. Nick Easton is number eight. And then over when it comes to centers across the NFL, Eric McCoy is number seven, also with a 96% pass rush win rate. And you're seeing some of those guys pop up in uh, in, in the run block win rate section as well. Uh, and so you're starting to see that across this offensive line. So they've been producing pretty well. The big thing when it comes to Cesar Reese is just what you would expect from him, right? He's a rookie coming in, playing a position that he didn't play in college, 
So there has been a little bit of inconsistency with him. He had a really nice game the first game that he played at right guard, which was the same game that Andrews Pete ended up getting injured in. Now Andrews Pete is back, taking over the left guard position. We've seen Nick Easton slide back in as a starter at right guard, but Nick Easton got the concussion, unfortunately, against the Los Angeles Chargers. Did not practice on Wednesday for the Saints, so they may be trending towards starting Cesar Ruiz there again. I think that the more that you get Cesar Ruiz in there, whether he struggles or not, the better he becomes in the long run because he didn't get a preseason. He didn't get a full training camp to get ready. So he needs these reps if he's going to be your future at that position or at the center position. But it looks like Eric McCoy really has a stranglehold on that center position. And I think that that's best for the Saints. If they can get and train Cesar Ruiz up to where he's performing, even at the same level as Eric McCoy, whether it be in the pass game or the run game, then they're going to be in a really good place. You've seen some inconsistencies from him. I know pro football focus has graded him mad low. He's in like the 40s or something like that. I don't think that his performance has been that bad. But certainly we've seen some inconsistencies with him. But with more reps and more experience, that stuff will start to clear up. Yeah, so good stuff there on the offensive line. And, you know, obviously we we could talk a little bit here about uh the man himself, Taysom Hill. But I <laughs> do wanna I do wanna ask about the defensive line though. I do gotta I do want to get this question in, you know, because we expected, obviously, uh, Cameron Jordan to kind of be the guy. I mean, he still kind of is. But, I mean, we're seeing Trey Hendrickson coming out of nowhere this year and being like one of the unsung heroes of this defensive line. What's changed in his game? You know, what's going on with him? What's going on with Marcus Davenport and, you know, kind of all these guys that have made, you know, seemingly taken a lot of pressure off of Cameron Jordan? Yeah, I mean, you look across the defensive line for the Saints, and they have a lot of really good players there right now, and and their rotation has been absolutely insane. Cam Jordan really came alive during the Los Angeles Chargers game. Of course, the Chargers were starting two backups on the right side, but so were the Las Vegas Raiders early on in the season, and we didn't see the Saints, or we didn't see Cam Jordan or really the Saints defensive line produce at the level that we saw last week where they racked up 31 pressures. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus. So they've played very well here over the last couple of weeks. Marcus Davenport was a huge benefit getting him back last year. I'm sorry, last uh, the last game. He wasn't on the injury report for once this season, so that's fantastic. You do expect him to play on Sunday as long as he can keep that going. Uh, but Trey Hendrickson, man, I'll tell you what has changed for Trey Hendrickson is he's got a contract to negotiate after this season. I, I have no doubt about that. He has already hit his season total in sacks last year with four and a half. Already in this season, he has been outstanding, and he's also just gotten a lot more opportunities because Marcus Davenport hasn't been out. You know, I'm I'm obviously being a little bit facetious when I talk about the contract, although I do think that it's a motivating factor. But when you look at the fact that he's just gotten more opportunities this season with Marcus Davenport out, and then Marcus Davenport only playing 20 snaps in his return last week, I think that that's one of the big things is that Trey Hendrickson's always been talented as a pass rusher. He's slack. He's lacked a little bit in the run game, except for this season, he's performed well there, but. He's just got now the opportunities. And so it's a whole thing about success is when preparation meets opportunity. He had the opportunity. He's had four years of preparation. And so you're seeing the success. <laughs> no, absolutely good stuff. And of course, I'd be remiss if I don't. Uh, and, and I say this with love, this kind of pop shot. But of course, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has been outstanding for the Saints. And I know there's still a lot of Panthers fans out there that are playing the uh woulda coulda shoulda game with him in uh in the fourth round but i imagine he's still playing top notch back there in that secondary i mean the best evaluation i can give you of cjgj is that he is playing so well that he made michael thomas punch him at practice 
I mean, (laughs) like what more, what more could you want? Right. From the safety that, you know, can get under people's skin that, you know, can, you know, get, get people riled up and that can make plays and hang with the best. He shows that he hang it, that he's hanging with the best and, and, and we love him for it. I mean, he's been, he has been really outstanding for the Saints so far this season. Still can't believe he lasted to the fourth round. It's wild. But a lot of good stuff there, man. Really, really appreciate it. I think it's going to be a fun game on Sunday here. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Saints opening up at minus seven and a half. I'm not taking that line for the life of me. I'm going to wait and see how the Saints perform here because I think that either we're going to come out. I think it's go, it's true for both these teams. These teams are either going to come out with a lot of questions answered or a lot more questions to answer depending upon how they perform this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think it's going to be a fun game. Really excited. Uh, start of a bit of a division stretch here for the Panthers and then they got to turn right around and play on Thursday against the Falcons. So it should be a fun time on Thursday. Uh, As always, Ross, man, really glad we get to do this, man. Really, really love talking to you, my brother. Hey, same to you, man. I appreciate you. And we'll do it again later on this season. Week 17, baby. Looking forward to it. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 